Welcome to Rick Radio Community News, that's episode 70. I'm Mick Handley. Later in the podcast, we talk with Brendan Cummins, a youth worker with Ricky's, about their forthcoming trip to Greece on the Youth Exchange Programme. And we also catch up with Peter Kinch, an Irish-Canadian who is writing a book about two cousins who fought on different sides in the American Civil War. One of the cousins was from the Rings End area, so he's here at the moment doing research. Well, join us on the community news desk now are Patsy Doolan and Kevin Burney from the Irish Glass Bottle Site Housing Action Group, who are here to tell us about a protest meeting taking place in Rings at Irish Town Community Centre on Tuesday, the 27th of June, uh, to discuss the building of affordable and social housing on the Irish Glass Bottle Site. Patsy, Kevin, you're very welcome to the podcast uh, Thanks today. Thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, Patsy, I suppose I'll begin with yourself. Um, just can you give us a, a short introduction? into the situation that has arisen in the Irish glass bottle site? Well, in, in the first place, in 2016, when we heard we were going to build, we decided to get a group together because we all live local and we wanted housing for affordable prices. And we said, this is the last piece of land in the area. We've got to find it. And because of the situation with the IGB, when it closed overnight and left people without jobs, we all felt the land owes the area something. It's all their life there. So the whole thing about it was, that was 2016. We were fighting for and talking to the city councillors, to every TD in the, in the area. The first housing minister we dealt with was Simon Coveney, who came to the site with us. He changed over to Owen Murphy, who was a waste didn't buy, could have bought could have bought the whole site for sixty thousand sixty million sixty million mm. and um wouldn't buy it wouldn't left left it so now we have own the new minister housing minister and he told us he'd be with us all the way now our situation for affordable housing is the price is out of hand they've come along with we you know in the first place in two thousand and eighteen we sat at a meeting. In Dahl, in Dahl area, with the councillors, TDs and the minister, and we were to have a chat with them about what we were going to receive. So we all sat around and it went on for about eight hours to meet. And we were all going in and out of the room saying, you, we'll give this, we'll give that. We wanted 100% half and half affordable and, and social. Mm. Now, they came back to tell us in this agreement they'd give us 900. So that would be 550 affordable homes and 350 social. And that Dublin City Council would buy in and buy an extra lot and snuck after the people also. Yeah. Now, so now they're ready to go for the first phrase, which the, they should have never been on the land doing anything till this agreement was signed. Uh, with the SDZ, you're not supposed to go in till the agreement for the affordable, till the agreement for the affordable was signed. And that's not signed. And they've come along and offered us, out of 87 homes that we were supposed to get in the first phrase, they've offered us 15 homes 
of one bedroom. This will be what we're gonna what's on offer for us for four hundred and twenty per unit. Now we think that's astronomical. How could anybody afford four hundred and twenty thousand and one bedroom? Should that be only one person on their own? Mm, yeah. And that's not going to work. Um, we will be having this major meeting on Tuesday, a public meeting in this community centre. And it's for all the people in the area. Everybody must come out because these homes are not going to be built there tomorrow. It's going to be 10 years down the line. So if you have children or grandchildren and who can go out and live in the sticks now? Because every mammy and daddy has to work paid away. True, yeah. The cost yeah. of living. So now, most importantly is that people come out and listen to us because we really need the people behind us now because we are going to make noise and we can't do it without everybody. True enough. Kevin, uh, turn to yourself. Um, I suppose, looking at it, this was supposed to be built in different phases. Um, recently, Dublin City councillors, not yeah. the council, councillors, uh, rejected um, planning permission for this but again that's just one area there's also board planala as well so uh, Patsy mentioned there that it could be 10 years down the line do you see it that, that way yeah well the, the overall time for the completion of the site is about 10 years yeah but the first phase has already started although no agreement has been reached we insisted all along that agreement had to be reached, and so did um, the SDZ, the, that there, there has to be an agreement between all the parties hmm. and uh, before it can start. Now, the builder has got permission, and the department, the recent situation is that the Department of Housing and Dublin City Council has offered the builder this deal where you could start the first phase and... Uh, he could start the first phase, and of the 87 that was expected, there's now only going to be 25, 10% social and 15% uh, and affordable. One bedroom at 420,000. Now, under the new scheme the government has come up with, the, uh, the Department of Housing would pay 150,000 towards... Uh, the cost of the home. They will keep an interest in each of the homes uh, to 150, plus another 30,000 somewhere, making it 180,000 for first time. And what the cost of the one bedroom apartments would be 270,000 each. Now, as long as you live in that, I believe it will be interest free. But if you wish to sell it and you sold it for 500 or whatever the market value is, uh, the 150,000 has got to be paid back. And uh, this is not good. This is not good because we're now depending on the developer keeping his word that he will, he says he will make up the, the shortfall in the later stages of the build, in the building phases one, two, three, and four. But that's way down the road and the, uh, you know, we're expected to accept a very bad deal in the first phase. From the, this is from the Department of Housing, by the way. Mm, yeah. And uh, it's a disgrace, actually. It's a betrayal to the people what was promised. We told all the people to be 550 affordable homes. That's not going to happen in this first phase. And 
we as a group don't see it happening at all under the, the current terms. So we are calling a meeting on Tuesday night uh, to explain to the people and try and answer the questions that they might have. And it's also our uh, intention to have a protest at the site. And we hope the people will come out and support us because it's looking like it's going to be down to the people to stop this development. It should never have started until agreement was reached. But unfortunately, the way the powers work, and now the government are so desperate to build homes, they're in favour of this agreement. And I think they've... Now, in fairness to the councillors, they are 100% behind us. But the executives in the Dolly City Council are working along with the minister to go ahead with this deal. It's a bad deal, and we should try and stop it if we can. Yeah. Um, Patsy, I suppose um, the, the minister at the moment, there's been a couple of ministers since, you know, this whole thing started for you in 2016. Yes. Um, yeah. The current minister at the moment, have you, have, have you, yeah, have you had an opportunity to, to speak with him or, or will he be at the meeting tomorrow on, on well, Tuesday night? Everybody's invited. Yeah. True. We've sent out an email to everybody, ministers and councillors. And we want everybody to come. Now, whether they all turn up or not, it'll be entirely up to them. But if they don't turn up, it won't look very good for their party because the whole well, the whole situation is down to them. And if, as I said, they have to stand up and say, give the deal that was agreed in 2018. Give the deal. If you give the deal that was agreed. Now, in two, remember now, we're seven years into this. Yeah. So we were judging on seven years ago with prices and we were saying about well, two years down the line, the prices. I mean, them prices are astronomical. That is not going to be suitable. And as I've said, a one bedroom, that's one person. Mm. Who could afford that? Really? Yeah, yeah. So we are depending on the housing minister turning up and answering to the people of this area, who he hasn't really kept that much in contact with. Mm. We've sent emails, we've spoke to Jim O'Callaghan, we spoke to uh, the Labour Party, we spoke to the Fianna Gael Party, which, anyway, we're not getting much satisfaction from them. They weren't really, really tired. And at this stage, we said, if it doesn't work out on Tuesday, we're well, just going to make noise. And noise is what needs to be made because these people were not being too polite, too nice. So now it's time to make noise and get your town back for your people. And can I ask, who are you expecting that would, would get the affordable housing? You know, is, is it like, as you say, at the moment, you only mentioned like one bed's available. So that's obviously single persons, you know, unless, you know, you might have, you know, maybe one child and a couple would be very, very tight. But like, it but was not be, allowed. There was supposed to be two and three beds uh, as well. So yeah. what? What's what's the situation with them? Is, is yeah. are they going to be? Um, I'll just tell you this: Dublin City Council have made it quite clear that the housing list has more single people on it than families. Yeah. Now they have families, but just that many single people need housing. But that's no good to us. We haven't got loads of single people. We've loads of young families wanting to stay in the area with their children's in school. You know, we've yeah, a lot of families yeah. living out and coming in every morning at seven o'clock 
and their children are getting brought to school and the parents are going to work, the grandmothers are looking after them. These people want to be able to come back to live in the area. And you can't come back if there's no bedrooms. The two and three bedroom was promised as well. We had a, a breakdown of all that. That law came out on Tuesday night. All the work we have done and in the agreement we made with two bedroom and three bedroom. We were, talk, they were talking about one bedrooms, but that's probably for professional people who could afford probably if there was two of them living together maybe in it but other than that we, we can't see where a price well if, if if 480 is for one bedroom how much do you think they're going to look for for two bedroom and three bedroom but the people in that middle bracket that Dublin City Council don't let on the housing list you have to go on the affordable list but yeah. we can't get them to open up an affordable list and they're telling people uh, oh, we, we just going to be affordable housing, but there's no um, affordable housing in this area, and there hasn't been since the last ones was twelve years ago, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. And we were very good at that. There's five lots of houses in this area, but it doesn't seem to be sinking in, and it can be done because it's already been done. Yeah, Kevin. Um, just to bring you in, finally, on his, the, the meeting tomorrow night's at half past seven. Tuesday, uh, at half past seven. Um, you're hoping for a huge crowd to come down, as you say, everyone in the locality uh, to come to it. You'll have hopefully representation from the various political parties, parties and, yes. and the council because. At the end of the day, they're the people who make the decisions. I, I think, and, yeah. and yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, unfortunately, the Department of Housing has shown an inability to provide for affordable housing. They just don't know how to do it. So I don't know whether they'll come. They're prepared. This deal they've offered the builder at the moment is, is, is disgusting. So we wouldn't have much faith, even if the minister came, because he's the third minister. And we met, when we met him, we said, you're the third minister. Could we have any hope that you'd be any better than the last two? And he uh, he laughed and he promised us things, but behind our back he's offered this rotten deal. But we'll ask the people to come out. We'll explain to them the best we can. It's up to them if they want to fight. I mean, they were right for to have their children buy in the homes. And the way things has gone in this area, it's out of the reach of ordinary people. With the introduction of Google down here, and it was a great thing for the area probably, but they bought up all the, the little houses and all our, our community is dying because there's no houses and hasn't been any built for years. So we'll fight for this, but we need your support. Well, Kevin, Patsy, thanks a lot for coming into us today. Patsy, just before we go, what would you like to say? Well, I'd like to just get this message out there. If the people don't come out on Tuesday night and support the, the committee that have worked for seven and a half years, yeah. we can't do any more than we're doing. It's up to you now. You must come out and stand up for the area you live in. You want to keep it going. If we don't, we're going to lose everything that's in it because we won't have any people left. The whole of it be people that with money will come in and buy up and it'll be their first homes and they'll out there off then to their bigger homes and we'll be left with an empty an empty par parish yeah in yeah. empty schools empty clubhouses just to, to reiterate the meeting is at half past seven Tuesday night Tuesday, in the Rings End in Irish Town Community Centre and, and we want everybody to come please everyone there thanks a lot for coming in to us today to tell us all about it 
Thanks very much, Mick. It's very good you to have us. Thanks very much. Come and join us at our Retro Cafe. Open weekdays from 10 until 2 here in the community centre. Come and check out our Karen's culinary delights. Okay, join us on the community news desk now is Brendan Cummins uh, from Ricky's, of course, the youth service here in Ringside Orishtown Community Centre. And Brendan is a youth worker there. Brendan, you're very welcome to the, the podcast. Hiya, Mick. Thanks, uh, Brendan, I suppose uh, a nice time coming up uh, for yourself and uh, some of the young people in the area. You're heading off to Greece shortly uh, yep. for a European uh, student exchange. Tell us a little bit yeah, about that. Yeah, it's a European youth exchange. It's um, it's kind of a crossover. There's two ends of it. We go over there and we get to know their culture and we have like worked out a timetable of activities and things to do. And then in August, they come back to us and we do the same for them for a week over here. Lovely stuff. That's the most simple way of putting it. <laughs> Greece is going to be warm at this time of the year. Yeah, that's um, one of the warnings we're getting. It's, yeah. it's going to be proper warm. Like It's going to be you know people who think that they can go out without sunscreen. That's one of the big warnings we're giving them. Everybody, every year someone has gone over here and got scalded. And yeah, yeah. then, like you know, it's, it's camelion lotion and painkillers for them. Instead of a lovely holiday for Not the rest. Not nice. Yeah, instead Not of a nice experience, they're going to get scalded <laughs> and blisters. Not nice at all. You said you have plenty of activities, of course. Darren was sent ahead. I think yeah. uh, he goes ahead. And That's right. They get prep yeah. preparations for him. There's usually an advanced planning visit. I probably would have tried to go with yeah. a new baby. So even leaving the baby is a big deal yeah, for me. Yeah, but like yeah. for that one day or for that couple of days, they went. Yeah, they sussed out everything, make sure it's safe, and make they know the town. Darren knows the town, but Callum went with him as well, and Cal is coming too. Um, That's right. Allison Cal- was on the trip last year to the yeah. same place. So, knows, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm looking to them for them to yeah. guide me. And Stephen's going with you as well. Stephen he? O'Connor's going too. Yeah, so yeah. the whole youth work team, except Darren, really is is going over. So yeah, that's yeah. Callum is jumping in, and this is the first time Callum, um, Darren has sent the group over when he wasn't there. So I think he's up the wall a little bit about whether we're going to like perform very well or not, but I'm sure we'll do fine. Ah, I'm sure you'll be fine. Tell us the, the place you're going to in Greece. What, what's it called, and where well, whereabouts is it? It's um, it's. It's northern Greece, and it's called Saloniki. Well, the, t- the biggest town near it is Saloniki, but we're going to Florina, which yeah. I believe, I've never been, Mick, I'm learning this myself, but um, is a skiing town in the winter, and in the summer it's a mountainous. So they probably really rely on their tourist trade, but that's me filling in the blanks. Yeah, you and, you're, I mean? and you're bringing 18 young people, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm bringing 18 different characters, 18 different... Um, ways of thinking and they're all 15 a good mixed group we've got 10 10 lads I think and 8 girls great so it's a good mix we tried to have it even but that's the way yeah that's the way it crumbled yeah we we got got it close yeah and um, yeah we put it out to that age group and we're hoping to do a little bit more European stuff coming up in the future as well so I won't open the plans up yet because everybody will try to jump on the plans before we've got the plans made yeah but like this is good for for us now to do this as a team i think get over there get the experience bring 18 i think that's a lot on, yeah, the, on yeah, any european yeah. exchange so give, give us an idea of your itinerary okay yeah well day one is mainly travel so we will we'll be yeah. traveling for like six to eight no, hours wednesday the fifth, you're we're going wednesday the fifth in yeah. the afternoon so we will land there and they're two hours ahead yeah, uh, we land there and we'll be in our hotel room about one in the morning. Like it's two hours. Where do you, do you fly to Athens or? We're, I think 
I'm not sure. I think it's yeah, it's yeah. Selenicky. I'm not sure of the yeah, airport. Yeah, Actually, yeah. that's something I should know. It's on the information pack, but yeah. like I've been more gathering <laughs> young people's information, but yeah. I know when, when to be at the airport, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, like, exactly, so, and make sure they're yeah. there. So, and we yeah. land, it's a two and a half hour bus journey then to the um, to where we're staying. So yeah. we're staying in a hotel in Selenicky. Lovely. Uh, in Florina, sorry. Yeah, yeah. sorry. But I'm, I'm, I haven't got a clue about the language, so... I don't know if I'm even pronouncing it correctly, but yeah, I, yeah. I learn all that over there, hopefully off the... So you're, you're going to Greeks. meet a, another youth group from that area? I believe there's 26 yeah, yeah. of them, um, or 23 of them, that we're going to meet. They'll be similar ages yeah. to our young people, which is 15 to 17. Um, we're hoping to do cultural exchange, like, you know, of knowledge and values and everything. So yeah. there'll be workshops involved where we sit down and kind of ask people to get out of their comfort zone talk about what their plans and hopes are their fears different things like that yeah um they have worked out workshops over there there's a fella called Costantinus. he's been bigged up to me that these are going to be brilliant workshops and the young yeah, people yeah. are going to really enjoy them it's not going to seem like work now the young people probably have a different idea of what a european youth exchange is <laughs> so the questions we've been getting most of the answers are no you won't be able to do that yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean so yeah. Well, I'm sure there'll be plenty of activities. There's a lot of fun. Yeah, 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 there's a lot yeah. of fun trips involved. I believe we're going to see, like, um, they have a bear sanctuary. So yeah. we're going to see bears up close. And um, there's a, it's a very small town. There's one swimming pool that's built out someone's garden or something like that. Yeah. And you have yeah. to book it. So we're booked in for that for one day. Yeah. Um, other things would be, like, experiences around the town, getting to know the culture. I think just being in a different place for young people opens up their mind as well. Yeah. And they, we're trying to get them to integrate with the young people from Greece. There might be language barriers. There might be different things. But we're hoping that if they're going to the shop, they go together. If they're yeah, yeah. little things like that. Absolutely. So we'll be minding yeah. them, but they're 16, yeah. like, so a 15 and 16. So we'll be giving them a little bit of responsibility. like Yeah, along the way. Of course. And a lot of trust. And tell me this. Um, is this funded by the EU? Would you, is it funded from the EU? I believe yeah, it's, a, um, it's a European, there's a European fund there. Yeah, I'm yeah. not 100% up on it, but it's yeah. a, um, there's a lot of European money there, but we, we have to apply and you have to show you're going to exactly. give value for yeah. money yeah. on this kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So yeah. there's a big application process. Yeah. Um, As there normally is with European. Huge yeah. application Grants. process. So we have to, yeah. everybody has to be... Um, we have to have the right categories, right, right. Everything has to be done correctly and yeah, above board, yeah. you know. So, but there's a whole hell of a lot of writing. So, thanks for Darren for this one. But he did inform <laughs> me that in the future, if I'm taking them, I'll be doing the, the, the that the, kind of stuff the as well. Part of it, yeah, yeah. Filling the application, and yeah, that. yeah. And of course, part of this as well is the fact that the the group from Greece they come back to Ireland, and that's the following month. Yeah. That's yeah. that's um yeah we have a timetable set out for them as well when they come here and um yeah I had that experience last year with a group they were nineteen and twenty so it was a little bit different yeah but um I'm looking forward to this so we have trips planned and we have different activities planned and we'll do our workshops too um in Ireland it's different to Greece because you workers are professionalized yeah and in Greece a lot of them are volunteers so we'll be able to put all of our time into this into it yeah yeah and tell me the is it. The group went to Greece last year. Is it the same area that they're going? Going again? to the very exactly same place. Yeah, so, so I, I believe there could be there could be brothers or sisters. That oh were yeah, there last That's year actually, on yeah. this one. Yeah, I'll yeah. be sussing that out because I met them. We brought them to the um, the, the airfield as well, like last yeah. year, and I got to know a few of them. Yeah, and um, I will ask the question, but like. I won't be able to pronounce their surname until I come <laughs> over there in a few days and I get used to the 
the tongue twister uh, is like a, the, their first name will do Brandon yeah. at this stage no but the, the experience happened last year we sent the group over there and they came back here exact same place yeah. and I was informed that the, the town is so small not really small but like know each other so yeah. well that if somebody goes into a shop and buys something they know we will know straight away because the guy who's um, facilitating he's like running for mayor over there yeah, he yeah. knows everybody and he knows everything. So the young people, <laughs> if they think they're slowing off, if you are listening, if you think you're going to slow off and do something you shouldn't, we will find out. Like, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it should be good. Should be good fun. Should be a great trip. Uh, as you say, something you're looking forward to. Yourself, absolutely, anyway. yeah, 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 absolutely. Now, this had me fears. Like anybody, we're bringing a, a whole load of young people away. Yeah, had me fears, but we've tried to put everything in place to make it as safe and fun as possible for everybody. So including us. Yeah, absolutely. You know? uh, probably a great opportunity for, for, you know, young people to travel, uh, Brandon, you know. It is. Like, if they if they apply for Erasmus, then when they're a little bit older, they yeah. can say they have a European youth pass. They've been on a trip. They've showed themselves as being capable and willing to travel yeah. and learn a different culture. So that'll go brilliant yeah. on a CV, brilliant towards your... Um, your growth as a young person, you know. Yeah. So. And what I have you here, just... just Talk a little bit about Ricky's in general. Kind oh, of thing, yeah. Like for, for anyone that's out there that might want to uh, join up. Um, it, uh, it's a youth service. That's yeah, we're... we're Sound is that you're, you're... We're down in Irishtown. Yeah, we're yeah. in Ricky's, the youth cafe building. I'm sure people have gone by it. Yeah. Um, it's right beside the lane there near Paddy Powers. Um, you can knock into us when those shutters are up and we'll look after you. If not, you can contact any of us. You can get online. You can go to the Rickies or Rick it's, Facebook page. It's a page. good age group, I think, is it? We have a wide range. Yeah, we have a wide yeah. range. Um, we would go from 10 to 25 years old. So, yeah, so the oldest big, we probably yeah. work with now is probably 23. Yeah, so, yeah. you know. But it's still a big wide age group. Big gap. Say, that's gap. that's yeah, the yeah, remit yeah. of all youth workers in, in Ireland. Yeah. And we're lucky we have a spread out between the after skills here all the way down to um, European Youth Exchanges where 20 one yeah. and 22 year olds might go or volunteer on as leaders yeah. so that's what we're hoping and how many people will be in it at the moment in Ricky's yeah oh my god you see we're stepping into the summer now I'd say yeah. we're around 118 yeah. every week yeah or, that's a big group yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. then if you, if you look at over over time we have like stuff that comes up yeah like we're all going to be jumping onto the summer project here to help out as well yeah so that's even a younger age range we'll work with and then we'll we'll get a few of them that have turned 10, ask them to join Ricky's, get yeah. them involved early, because early intervention, sometimes it's the best intervention. Yeah. Um, but we'll work with anybody at any age. So any from around 10 to 25? Is 10 to 25 is, 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 is our remit. We'll work with anybody. And is it best, 25. as you say, to call in to you? You or? can call into us, but like we, yeah, a phone call might help. You can call in, though. Like, we're open. We have an open-door policy. So yeah, if you call in, yeah. one of the youth workers would be very open to speaking to anybody. Yeah. We've also got a few emails where people are asking for their child to come in and stuff like that. So we get referred and we might be asked by... And I know you have a, a, a plethora of, of activities going on kind of thing, you yeah. know. Just... just Briefly oh, let me go on this. Make we've got like you know yourself. I yeah. teach young people podcasting. Yeah, and um, we have uh, we we work with people who are neurodiverse. We have groups um, for just interest things they're interested in. We've yeah. art and technology groups, um, individual supports. We just cater for everybody. The thing about youth work is you kind of like you, you pry out of the young person what they want to do, and then you fit them into a program that suits them. 
Yeah. If you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes the program leads first. We might say like, oh, listen, there's an opportunity to do a robot building. Yeah. And you might not get anybody or you might get a big, huge group that are interested in that. And yeah. then sometimes we just sit down with the group with no plan and make the plan with them. And I find that that's the programs that work better. Yeah, what they want. They've come out yeah, with it. Yeah. Like, and it also has to match up with our values. Yeah. So we're not yeah. just going to like teach you how to shoot guns so you can whatever yeah, like you know yeah, what I mean yeah, we're not going to yeah, do something yeah. like that yeah it's it, it would have to match our values like it would have to grow your communication or your social skills or, or something like that yeah you know so it needs to have an outcome and when you pick the people the 18 did you, did you pick them or or did they what was the process we had an application process yeah. yeah yeah but then we also target a few that we wanted to definitely bring yeah. in because they've been so engaging and we think that they'd be quality young people to bring yeah and um, getting involved in workshops or things like that. So, but we gave an application process. We got loads of applications. We didn't turn anybody down. So we got 18 in the end. We were looking for 12, possibly more, yeah. but like there extra, was talk of 24. Extra work for you, though. Maybe that's why Darren's sending for you. No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think Darren would love to go, actually. We're, we're taking it off him. So he has to stay here and mind the house. He's going to the house this year. <laughs> yeah. This year. Well, Brendan, we wish you every success with it. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking with you again when uh, the counterparts from Greece come here. Well, my uh, couple of lads want, we'll probably send you a mix from over there. The lads want to do a podcast yeah, over yeah. there. Absolutely. And I'll send brilliant. you over and you, yeah. can, you can pop it out on the radio if you feel like it. Absolutely. That'd be great. <laughs> and, and great to have them in and let them talk about their experiences. When yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As well. And I look forward uh, to being host to um, the Greek uh, young people as well when they, when they come back again. Um, Hopefully the weather's not too hot. You Listen, look, lucky devil, you. We'll have. Oh, I, I, I'm not a son lover, Michael, but you know yourself. I, I'll, I'll be over there. I'll enjoy the shade. You'll be happy. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me on. Anyway, you're listening to the Community News Desk on Rick Radio. Join us on the Community News Desk now is Peter Kinch, and Peter is from uh, Canada. He's an Irish Canadian, and he's going to write a book called "Once We Were Kings." Peter, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Mick. It's a pleasure to be here. And I suppose for our uh, local listeners here in the Ringsend Irishtown uh, area, it's uh, really to find out this book you're writing about, Once We Were Kings, it's to do with the American Civil War, really, and yeah. uh, obviously there's a major connection in the Ringsend Irishtown uh, area. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you came about to write the book and what the book is about. Well, thanks, Mick. You know, uh, yeah, I'm from Vancouver, Canada, and it's a funny thing. About um, 10, 12 years ago, I had a chance meeting with Derek Warfield from the Wolf Tones. And um, at the time, I was, you know, Irish-Canadian, grew up Irish, but absolutely ignorant about my own uh, history of not just my family's history, but I Ireland and Ireland's history in general. So learning from Derek, uh, Derek and I subsequently kind of uh, struck up a friendship. And uh, one of the things that struck me was he had a CD called The Bonnie Blue Flag. And The Bonnie Blue Flag was the Confederate Irish music of the Confederate South. And this uh, really uh, baffled me because I didn't think any Irish went south and fought for the Confederates. They were all Boston, New York and mm -hmm. uh, the Union. Uh, at which point, Derek informed me that there was a great famine from 45 to 49 or 50 uh, here in Ireland. And, um, you know, when people left the famine, post-famine years, uh, some went north, some went south. And then when the American Civil War started, 
those who lived on the south side fought for the south and uh, those in the north fought for the north. It struck me, uh, Mick, that I said to Derek, well, wait a second. Do you mean you could have two cousins, two brothers, two friends grow up in Dublin? One ends up going to New York, one end up, ends up going to Savannah, and then the Civil War could break out, and these two lads could end up facing each other face-to-face on a battlefield. And Derek looked at me, and he said, happened all the time. Happened all the time. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. incredible, really. So that's the basis, really, yeah. of, 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 of the story. And that's what Irish people, I suppose, <laughs> the time of the famine, that's where most Irish Americans and Canadians and come from, is, is from that 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 period uh, really you decided then you needed to tell the story yeah Uh, I I, and so at that point I thought it would make an amazing I thought as soon as I heard that I said this would make a great movie somebody's got to write that book and so that's why I'm here and tell us a little bit about your journey to where to to, to this point to to be sitting here in front of us in in (laughs) Ringsend Irish Town Community Centre looking to find out more about uh, the Ringsend connection I'll tell you that's quite a journey is the right word Uh, I landed here in Ireland uh, May 15th last year and I made the commitment just bought a one way ticket to Ireland and said I'm going to write this book and uh, I'm going to recreate a fictional family and two fictional cousins and have them end up on the Civil War Uh, I'd never been to Ireland before I did a deep dive into the history, started reading everything I could about, uh, you know, Angortamor and the Great Hunger, uh, as I've learned to call it, as opposed to the famine. And, um, you know, I, I read Cecil Woodham Smith's book and, and many, many others. Um, but what was interesting is, and partly with Derek's guidance, uh, I got directed to as to how to start it, where to start it. And I decided to start the story in Ross Common in a small area called Kilglass, just outside of Strokestown. And, uh, you know, steal from the fields of Athenry scene uh, where the father gets nabbed for stealing food to feed the family. And a uh, prison ship lies waiting in the bay, as they say. So he's uh, shipped off to Van Diemen's land. The mother knows she's going to be evicted, so she has a, a brother-in-law here in Ringsend. Yeah. And the, the fella who lives here in Ringsend would have worked the barge system up and down from Tarmanbury, Clundera, where the Lock 46, the terminus of the Royal Canal is. He used to be what they called the dryland sailor, uh, working back and forth along the barge system, and would have ended up down here in Dublin uh, jumped over to the south side and got a job on the, the Grand Canal docks. And uh, so if he worked in, eight, and I remember this is 1847, if he worked on the Grand Canal docks, he would have probably lived right here in Ring's End. So I had a challenge finding information to how to historically recreate this. Um, through a chance encounter with somebody down in Wexford, I end up with a connection at the University of Georgia Southern, which led to a univer- uh, connection in New York at NYU. So my Savannah side of the story, the New York side of the story, and the Ross Common side of the story, we're all taken care of with great connections. The area, I was void of everything. I had a dearth of information was right here in Ring's End. And uh, so I actually decided to book an Airbnb across the street here, plunk myself right in the heart of Ring's End, and I'm just going to stay here until I find out some history and information. And lo and behold, I look across the street and I see a sign that says Ring's End Community, a community Center, Ring's End Historical Society. Yeah, so I yeah, walked yeah. in here and I said, can anybody here help me? And uh, that led to me meeting you. Absolutely. And of course, there is a huge amount of, of history with Ring's End. We, we have our own mm. 
history programme here on, on Rick Radio uh, as well. And uh, you've got the likes of, as you said, uh, Cormac uh, F. Loud, Cormac Loud, who we've had here on the programme as well. And I suppose there's other historians like, you know, Donald Fallon is more Dublin, the whole mm. Dublin and around Turek, uh, Kelly as well. But what are you looking for from, is it from, from people that would know the history of that period? Mm, yeah. Back. Well, first of all, I want a huge shout out to Cormac Louth. Um, he's, uh, I was, uh, again, through a connection, a connection, a connection, I was introduced to him and he's been, uh, he wrote the Rings and Sailing Trawlers uh, history uh, of that. But he, in that book, he really extrapolates the history of Rings and he was the one that I was actually going to start the story in Irishtown, and uh, he suggests I move them down to uh, Rings End here. And if my fellow is going to be uh, working the Grand Canal docks, they probably would have lived on Whiskey Row, which uh, right now is help me with the name of the apartments next door here. O'Rattley, O'Rattley, yeah, where O'Rattley yeah. is now. There used to be two story um, kind of. They wouldn't have been tenement houses. Again, this is eighteen forty seven, uh, so. The objective and what I'm looking for is I want to recreate the life of two cousins who grew up here in 1847. Actually, from 1847 to 1857. So the boy who comes in from Ross Common, who's lost his father, mm-hmm. um, he's going to meet up with his uncle's family. And that's where he meets his 12-year-old cousin here. So you got two 12-year-old boys who create a bond of kinship and a bond of friendship and a bond of love. And, you know... My goal of being here is to recreate what that would have looked like from age 12 to 20, Mm, because after 20 years old, the boys are going to end up going to America and and ultimately, sadly, uh, tragically, uh, facing each other on opposite sides of a civil war that's not their own. Um, And uh, the theme of all this is is, uh, make his irony. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's ironic that... an incredible, the, 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 you said earlier on that this happened quite a lot, you know, between North and South Britain, <clears> where you, you think most Irish people would have landed, as you say, in New York, Boston, big Irish communities mm-hmm. and that. Not so much much in, in the South and, and we don't hear too much about that. So. You don't. And uh, it's, it's a story, I think, that needs to be told. Um, I think there, I think a lot of people be interested in this story because, again, um, very, it's funny. Savannah has the second largest St. Paddy's Day in America. Ooh, what the second heard? largest. Yeah, yeah. Who knew, right? Yeah, I didn't know that. No. And you be and by the way, Savannah and is a sister city with uh, Wexford. So there's a huge connection between Savannah and Wexford. Uh, and it was actually the Dumbrody that uh, sailed out of New Ross went straight directly to Wexford, and a lot of Irish from uh, the Wexford area ended up in. Savannah. Um, so I will probably create a connection between my the young lad here who grows up, uh, well, the two boys are going to grow up, but the boy who is from Ringsend is going to end up down in New Ross um, sailing out to uh, probably have a connection with the ironworks here as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And um, so someone out there might have information yeah. regarding, you know, some of their families that maybe went to America uh, during that period mm-hmm. or whatever. Can they get in touch with you? Or Absolutely. You? Yeah. And more sp- specifically, Mick, uh, anything that, uh, whether your family went to America or not, if you can th- know or think back, <laughs> no one's alive at uh, yeah, what was here in the 1840s, yeah, yeah. but if you know any stories about what 
uh, young boys would have got up to? Yeah, what kind of activities would they have done? You know, picking cockles down at uh, on on the beach to uh, you know maybe raiding orchards in Sandy Mount. You know, uh, what kind of work would they have done? What kind of um, education would they have had? You know. Uh, how would these boys get themselves in trouble? You know, uh, typical teenage stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you can imagine, I'm trying to create that from 1847 to 1857. So if anybody can help me with that, obviously I'd be uh, hugely appreciative. Um, and you can just uh, send me an email to my email address, which is peter at peterkinch.com. So peter uh, at peterkinch.com. And Kinch is K-I-N-C-H. C-H. Um, and Peter, the the book when do you hope to complete it? Or, uh, depends, I suppose, on getting yeah. the information to forget all this information. Um, you know, we're actually targeting a rough draft uh, to be finished by November. I'll have my first draft November, and uh, like from here, I go to New York, and I'm going to spend two two months in New York. Yeah, uh, working with NYU on the New York side, then going back down to Savannah. Uh, so we're hoping to have a, a draft by November, uh, get that ready, edit it uh, out to publishers in uh, the new year. If we're lucky and a publisher picks it up, uh, we'd, I'd love to target St. Patty's Day 2024. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah not too far away. The way the, the year is going. And, yeah. and, and, and the film side of it, I, I, do you still have, I suppose you have to get yeah. connections for that? Um, well, we've, we've got some connections to that. Yeah. There's actually an indirect connection with the same uh, group that does the TV series Kin here in oh, Ireland, yeah, which yeah. is a very yeah. popular show. Yeah. Uh, so the producers of Kin, we've been talking to them. And uh, you know what? I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'd love to see this in a film version. Um, but uh, as, as the uh, person who uh, from Kin told, uh, from that side told me, uh, start with a good book. And yeah. uh, they would take it from there. So there, first yeah. things first. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> thanks a lot for coming in to us, uh, Peter. Fascinating to, to hear. Uh, yeah. And looking forward, certainly, to, to the book. Um, and there'll be a, a Ring's End flavour, as they say, uh, in, uh, at the end. Listen, Ring's End is going to be prominent <laughs> in the book. It's, 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 it's one of the main, main locales, for sure. We wish you well with it. Thank thanks you very much. But that's all for the Community News Desk this week. My thanks to our guests and to the Rick Radio crew, Dylan and Rowan on sound and editing, Leslie on admin, Jennifer on social media and Darren on the website. If you would like to contact us, our email address is rickradio2020 at gmail.com. From me, Mick, take care and have a great week.